Hi, I'm Luke. Hi, I'm Kaylin. And, and this, this is, is Death, Death Row Dialogue. Dialogue. It's been so long since we have been recording. We're doing a little double recording today. I just think it's so much easier to, for one, knock out a few not as detailed crimes. And because we have over 500 to get through, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, like, I feel like releasing two on one day if they're shorter is great. And some of these are are bad and, like, we can go and talk about them more. But other ones, there's just not enough information or... Or it was just a stupid crime. Like something that should have just never happened. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, we'll try and keep it as entertaining as possible, and, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoy their last words. And I think it's a good little, um, like, short episode is good for if you're just trying to do something fast and listen to something and don't want to get tied up with, like, a 30-minute episode. So hopefully it's nice for that, too. And all of these things uh, are things that have happened, you know? So, like, these officers have been killed, and these people have been put to death for it. So, it, it's history, too, that you're learning about. And it's also, you know, recent history. If you look back... It's, it's not, like, a super long time ago. It's, like... Not even 100 years. It's, like, 50. Yeah. Which, I, in my head, I was like, oh, it's 30 years ago. No. Yeah. It's not. It's 2023. <laughs> Are you ready for episode 15? I'm ready. So, um, I'm going to do this a little different. I'm going to do more of like story mode. Okay. So, on the afternoon of May 21st in 1974, a couple went into a 7-Eleven convenience store in Houston. And they saw the store manager, Michael Sedita, and a second man standing behind the open cash register. The second man, who was later identified as Kenneth Albert Brock, held a pistol and ordered the Hargroves, which was the couple, to lie down on the floor. He then left the store, taking Michael with him, and after the two men left the store, the couple saw a police car pull into the parking lot and started frantically pointing in the men's direction. And Sergeant Hogg of the Harris County Sheriff's Office radioed for backup units, and the two men disappeared down an alleyway. When off Sergeant Hogg pursued and his backup got there, Brock shielded himself with Michael and placed a gun to Michael's chest. When the other officers arrived on scene and blocked off the alley, Brock threatened to shoot Michael if the officers did not back off. So two officers who were, you know, trying to defuse the situation dropped their guns, and backed away to allow Brock to go past them. Brock then encountered three more officers, at which Michael yelled to an officer he knew, you know, I'm sure it was small town. arrest or something. Well, that Michael is the one that's being held at gunpoint. So maybe, like, the officer came in there at night or something. But he knew this officer, and he was like, Jack, don't come any closer. The guy is sick or crazy. And after the police retreated, Brock shot Michael in the chest and ran into a nearby ditch and forest. So, shot Michael in the chest and ran off. So, those were Michael's last words, asking that officer not to come any closer. 
Michael died within minutes from a massive hemorrhaging of the aorta. While staked out near the woods, Officer Lily observed Brock come out between two houses. Brock approached Lily and stated, I'm the one who did it. I shot the store owner. Brock was arrested and taken to the police station where he was found to be carrying over $125 cash in his pockets and boots. Wait, you said $125? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's not a lot. No. I was why is it in his boots? Uh, maybe he just started shoving it places. I don't, maybe there were ones. Oh, yeah. And he was just trying to figure out where to put them. So, there was also a narrative that was his narrative. And he said that he went in there with a female. And then they decided to rob the store. But the female was never mentioned again. Like, she wasn't arrested with him. The This couple never mentioned him in their testimony. So I'm not really sure what happened to the female. But, um, so Kenneth Albert Brock was a high school dropout. And he was viewed as a loner and had a criminal record dating to his early teens. It never said what his criminal record was. But he dropped out of high school and then joined the U.S. Marines. But he went AWOL from his base in Camp Le... I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say... I think it's Le... No, I'm not saying it. <laughs> it's L-U-J-E-U-N-E. Like Lejeune? Yeah. I, I feel like it's... Where is it at? It's in North Carolina. Oh, I have no idea. So I'm not sure. Anyways, he was there, and then he wasn't there, and went AWOL. And that was a few weeks before the killing happened, and he was the oldest of seven children. And that was the only thing I could find about his background. So, he was 25 when this happened. And there was reports of other armed robberies in the area, but none of them resulted in a murder. And But he was the suspect of those as well. Yeah, but he only had $125. I mean, I feel like if you rob one place and you get, you know, 60 bucks, you're probably not going to keep going and holding guns. To people. Or maybe, like, they didn't get to go to the back where all the money was because that couple walked in. And maybe he freaked out because the couple walked in. So... That's my thought, hmm. is that he got interrupted and wasn't able to get... I don't know how much money 7-Elevens carry. Yeah. So, I, it's hard to say. Right. Um, so, he was convicted of that shooting when he was 25, and Michael Sedita, the store clerk, was 31. And so, most of his trial, it seemed to be... About, like, him not meaning to do it. He said that the gun accidentally discharged. So, George Jacobs, who was the assistant district attorney in Harris County, he was even asking the board to change the ruling after it happened. Because he thought the killing was ac was accidental. Who? 
the assistant district attorney in Harris County. Why did he think it was accidental? Was he there? No. Um, I think it... He said that he, and this is quote, that he looked kind of surprised when it happened. The gun may have gone off without him meaning to do it. Most, most death penalty cases involve a crime more heinous than this. After looking at this case, I thought there was a life worth salvaging. So, I don't really understand, like, he was the prosecutor in the crime too. So, I don't know if it was after seeing how Brock was on death row. Because he was said that he was, um, like, a model inmate. Mm. And that he could be rehabilitated. Yeah. So... It's hard to say whenever, you know, he just defected from the military and he just killed an officer. And it's like, in our last episode, we were just talking about that guy. He was on... on he got sentenced for 99 years. And then was paroled and then did this? Or did the... Killed that officer? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just hard to say, like, even if it was an accident, you could tell he he was not in the right place. So, I mean, he should... He deserves, like, life in prison or until he's old and he actually can't do something like that. Well, and Bob Walt, Bob Walt, who was an assistant state attorney general, said that Mr. Brock was a suspect in other armed robbers in the Houston area and that he deserved the death penalty. So I think this was a, a case where people thought it could go either way, mm. you know? Yeah. And so Michael Sedita, the um, store clerk that was killed, his father wrote a letter to the board saying that Ken killing Kenneth Brock is wrong. It will not change what has happened to my son. Killing Kenneth Brock will not ease my suffering or my wife's suffering for the loss of Michael. Two wrongs don't make a right. So, I I don't know. Yeah, this is one of those that's very... It's hard. Because it's like, you, you can't let this person back into society. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, what do you do? Do you just keep them in jail? Well, and another comment that was made that was like, who kills somebody in front of six police officers? You know? Like somebody that... Like on purpose? Yeah. So yeah. you think it was an accident? It's hard to say. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not presented with all the evidence that was presented in trial. I'm just given... It's what I'm given is biased usually by whoever's writing it, right. whatever newspaper was working on it that day. So it's kind of hard to say what I think, but it is kind of crazy that the first time you kill someone, it's going to be in front of six police officers. Yeah, but I don't know for me, like with you telling me the, about him leaving the Marines it seems like he was just on a downward spiral and now he's committing robbery mm -hmm. and you know, he went yeah. all the way from North Carolina to Texas. Well, and I guess that's how you think of like, uh, like the military going AWOL. Like I didn't originally think like, 
oh, he's going on, like, he's doing all these crimes because he went AWOL and he's, you know, out of it. I kind of thought of, like, oh, he dropped out of high school and he was young and joined the Marines and he regretted it. Like, not saying that he should... Sorry. Not saying that he should abandon being in the Marines, but that it wasn't, like, a malicious thing. It was kind of like he stuck and didn't know what to do. But... It is kind of like, okay, he went AWOL and then started doing these robberies. Yeah. You know? Did he just think... And then by killing him, was he just like, oh, I'm cornered. Like, I'm going to jail. And then the military is going to find me. And... Because they get in trouble through, like, military court, right? For going AWOL and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't just leave. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe... But then you have to think, like, okay, he killed this guy, ran off, and then came back out of the woods. And I think that it said that he came out of the woods like three hours later and approached an officer and was like, okay, I did it. So is that just his guilty conscience or was it an accident? Yeah, but did he say it was a mistake then? Mm, That's true. That's where I'm like, you know, and it's like he might believe that it was a mistake after, you know, thinking about it over and over for years, you change a story in mm. your own mind. So it, You make it what you want it to be? Yeah, or I mean, like, you know, he could have been, like, thinking about pulling the trigger, but then something happened and it, it just went off. Like, he just did it. And so he thinks of that as an accident, but... He actually pulled the trigger. Mm. Yeah, like these little things. You know, like over time, you don't really remember a memory as like crystal clear. Right. You know, like details get fudged in your memories. Well, it's even like a funny story. Like if someone laughs at one part, you keep that one part Mm. in there. Yeah. And you try and make it like the main thing or you try and build off of that one part. So maybe, you know, he was like... It was a mistake, and then... So, it's hard to say, you know, what his motive was and what his intent was at that time. I mean, his intent was to rob the store. Plain and simple. But, you know, could he have been rehabilitated? Maybe. But I think, like this, if you do believe it's an accident... In your last words, are you still going to say you're sorry? Is that what you're waiting for? The That's last what words? I, I'm curious about it. I... Okay, so the last meal was a large double meat cheeseburger with mustard and a dark pepper. And then his last words were, I have no last words. I am ready. Wow. I guess you're bitter about it. Okay, so you heard it as bitter? Why wouldn't you say sorry if you do believe it's an accident? You took this man away from a community, from a family. Well, I'm thinking that if the father of of Michael, who was shot, is writing a letter saying that, like, killing him is wrong, I'm thinking that that they've had some correspondence. And that, you know, Kenneth has reached out and said, like, Maybe, maybe I'm reaching, but, like, I'm just thinking that somebody doesn't just write a letter on your behalf 
Or maybe the family just thought killing in general was so you, wrong. you think he did apologize? I'm thinking that I wouldn't write a letter on the behalf of somebody if they didn't even say sorry to me. Not saying I would do it anyways. But, like, I definitely wouldn't do it if I didn't get some kind of apology or I thought there was some redeeming quality in you. If I thought you were going to do it again, I definitely wouldn't write a letter. Yeah, but I think it's also one of those things they might just not believe in the death penalty. There's a lot of people who don't think killing someone is right at all. I just read this as, like, he's given up. He was on death row for 11 years. Well, you also got to think about it as, like, you know, whatever you don't say, like, these words are going to be documented and talked about on a podcast in 2023, <laughs> so... That's exactly what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... I guess, so you would have been satisfied if he would have said in his last words that he was sorry? Right. I understand that. But he doesn't want his last words to be talked about on a podcast in 50 years. I think this one is just the most... I don't know. I can't think of all 15 episodes off the top of my head. But, like, this is the most controversial one in my opinion so far. Yeah. Where we're kind of like... Mm. There's so many different things that are playing into it. Yeah. Like, his parents saying that he shouldn't die... Or, the, sorry, the deceased officer's parents saying that he shouldn't die. You know, him saying... Well, it wasn't was an officer that died. Oh. No. It was it the was, store clerk. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. My fault. Uh, it's okay. This is why we shouldn't do two podcasts in one day. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like, you know, he killed this guy. And he's... Do you think it would have changed anything to you if he hadn't have gone AWOL from the military? Like, is that a core personality factor in your mind? Well, it's not easy to get there, you know? You mm -hmm. have to go through a lot of steps to get there. So it's like, why go through a year of work to get into the Marines, do your boot camp, do everything, and then well, I wonder, sign a contract and go AWOL? It's so hard to, like, base it off what we know now. Because, like, I don't know how hard it was to get into the military 50 years ago. True. So, for all we know, it was signing up. Mm. And then you were in the military for however long. I don't know if they had contracts or... Obviously, AWOL was still a thing. But I don't know if it was, like, a set time. Or if you were just in the military for life. <laughs> Maybe that's too far. <laughs> yeah. But just what I'm saying is, like, we don't know exactly how long it took or... This is, that might have just been the easy thing for people that dropped out of high school to do. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a, a common thing. I mean, they have good benefits. It's good pay. You don't you don't really need an education. So. Mm -hmm. Or like, there's jobs in the military you can do without a, like high school degree. Yes. Yeah. Not dissing anyone who's in the military. Thank you for your service. <laughs> No, I didn't think it sounded like a diss, but, okay, like, yeah. I... I just want to be clear. Like, yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. That, like, there are, there are jobs in it that you don't need a GD, whereas most jobs in the outside world, you like, they require yeah. a GD or a high school diploma. Right. But, I, I mean, the, the military does very good training, and so these people 
even though they don't have a GED, they're doing good work mm-hmm. and hard work. So. Yeah. Yeah, this was a more difficult one. Yeah. It'll be interesting to hear what other people say about this. Yeah. Let us know um, what y'all think. Because I don't want to say me and Luke are on different sides. But we kind of have different views on it. I... Wait. I was more on the side of, like, he shouldn't have been put to death. But oh. I, I also think like he you're... shouldn't have been let out of prison. Oh, okay. So we send him to the ranch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to rehabilitate him. Yeah, that's the hard thing is, like... Like with the Rudy Esquivel, we let them out of prison and then this happens. But it's also not every person's the same. You know, maybe somebody will learn from this mistake and then whereas somebody else won't. But you also, that's a human life that was taken. That's not $125 in cash. Yeah. You know, so I don't think there is a right answer. You know, somebody's always going to be upset. Yeah. Like, Something always is going to happen to where it's like, oh, that should never happen, you know? Yeah. Well, this was a good conversation starter. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you again in episode 16. All right. A week away. Bye. Bye, guys.